Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It is 510 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 56 degrees. My computer says mostly sunny, but I know it's not outside. It's already dark, or the sun already set. Twilight, I guess. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Drive van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. I was looking at this story, and I, I found it comical is not the, not the right word, but with a, it's from the Associated Press. With the electric vehicle sales growth slowing. Stellantis Ram, now Stellantis, I guess, used to be Dodge. Now they do Jeep and Ram. Brand has an answer, an onboard charger. Now they make that sound cool. And I know uh, Ford, one of their F-15, uh, F-150 Lightnings has a built-in generator where you could power your house. Um, I thought all trucks should be doing that for years now. I mean, what, what's your car? Your car is an engine. What's a generator? An engine that has the capacity to, to generate electricity. Uh, you know, any car engine, as long as you put the right equipment in it, can power a generator, a built-in generator. So I think more should have taken advantage of that. I think it would be a great asset. But this coming out of Detroit and Stellantis, and this is the 20, 2025 1500 Ram Charger. And I know they're trying to rebrand it as it has an onboard charger, but basically all it is is a hybrid, which is what the direction we should be going in instead of ramming these battery-operated vehicles down everybody's throat. I think this would be the good next 10, 20-year plan. Well, everything else is perfected. But this they say Stellantis Ram brand may have an answer for the slow electric vehicle sales, especially for people who need a truck to haul or tow things. It's called the Ram Charger, a pickup that can travel 145 miles on electricity with a 3.6-liter V6 gas-powered engine linked to a generator that can recharge the battery while the truck is moving. Is That, that would be a hybrid, right? Am I, am I, am I missing something here? You know, I read this, and I'm like, okay, so you're building a hybrid truck. Great. And they're kind of marketing it, and I don't know to who, that, okay, it has a, I mean, it, it, it's, it obviously has a bigger battery bank because it'll go 145 miles. I think the the Jeep Wrangler 4xE or whatever they're calling it, 4E, only gets about 25 miles on the battery, and then it switches to a gas engine. So this obviously has a bigger battery bank, but it's got a 3.6-liter V6 gas-powered engine that's linked to the battery system that once the battery system goes dead, it'll run on V6 gas engine and repower the generator. Well, that's what hybrids do. So, uh, you know, it goes on. Electric vehicle sales growth is starting to slow. It's not starting to slow. I believe the Chevy electric pickup truck have sold like three in the nation. That's the one of the one of the articles I read. They've sold three. 
and it's causing automakers to rethink huge investments in, in historic transition from internal combustion to electric powertrains. Polls show the reasons are cost, as well as limited range, and too few charging stations. Well, no duh. We've been talking about that here. There's no sense in me getting an electric vehicle. I just don't have the range that I need. Cost is a factor because there's only so much that the taxpayer could supplement with uh, these incentives. I think now it's $7,500 for an electric vehicle that the taxpayer is paying for these things. And the few charging stations we've talked about there. There's just over a dozen charging stations for the entire city of Scranton. It's just not, not there. There's so many advantages to battery electric vehicles, but there are certain things that are slowing people down, said the CEO of the Ram brand. With the Ram charger, he can tell customers, you don't have to worry about this. And, and again, I don't understand why they're trying to market this as a new new issue. I mean, this is a hybrid car. This is the direction that we should be going in in this, this transition phase for the next 10 or 20 years. So Stellantis, which has been slow to introduce fully electric vehicles in the U.S., is so confident in the new powertrain's appeal that it plans to offer it in other vehicles. While the company won't officially, won't, uh, officially comment, the new tentative contract agreement with the United Auto Workers says Stellantis plans to use the same power system in the Jeep Wrangler small SUV, in 2028, the Jeep Wagoneer and Jeep Wagoneer large SUV in 2025. The Ram Charger due in showrooms toward the end of next year uses a 663 horsepower to go from 0 to 60 in 4.4 seconds. The company says that when the battery is fully charged, the generator, 26-gallon gas tank is full, it can go 690 miles. The truck also can tow trailer weight up to 14,000 pounds, more than the current Ram with a V8 engine. The battery can also be charged at home from a direct current fast charging station, or it could make enough electricity to add 50 miles of range in about 10 minutes, Stellantis says. Now, this is what I'm talking about. This is something that interests me. This is something where I'd say, you know what? That sounds pretty darn good. 690 miles total? Zero to 60 in 4.4 seconds? Hell yeah. See, this is how you get interest in people. You don't force people to get a battery-operated vehicle that really isn't working. There's a reason why Toyota is going the hybrid route. There are reasons why this here now, even though they're trying to market it as a new electric vehicle, it's a hybrid. Hopefully, people start listing. Hopefully, they stop listening to government officials who have no idea about manufacturing vehicles and say, no, we're not going to do those stupid things. And I hope the public says, no, we're not going to buy these stupid things, which is what's happening. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, I saw the article, and the more I started reading it, the more I'm reading it, I'm reading it, I'm like, all right, where's the catch? It's, it's a hybrid. It's the way it should be. It's the drought we should. That is the normal progression of where we're going. Hybrids have been successful. They are successful now. Electric vehicles, depending on your use and need for them, they can be, but they're really not in the mainstream yet. We're not even close. Something like this can be. 
and why more and more car companies are not going down there. Hopefully, this is a huge success. Hopefully, they do expand it to the Jeep Wrangler, the Wagoneers, and all the rest. And people say, you know what? I want one of them. Capitalism, the demand is there. I don't have to rely on electric grid infrastructure. My gas car charges its own battery. That's something that everybody can get behind. And it looks like it has all the requirements for someone who would want to get a pickup truck. It tows more. It goes further. It's faster. You keyed all my interest points. And I think it'll key a lot more more interest points in the general public out there. Just my two cents on this as I saw this coming. But I'm just not grasping the marketing from Stellantis on this. Maybe it's because of government mandates. Maybe, you know, if we if we kind of put this hybrid through as a new battery option, maybe the government won't notice. Maybe maybe this administration will leave us alone and let us do what we do best, make manufacture vehicles. I don't know. Again, I found it unusual the way it was marketed, but the the vehicle itself truly interests me. Let's go to the phone. We have a uh, Eugene on the Diamond City on the debate. Eugene. Hey, yeah, thanks for taking my call, Rob. Uh, yeah, I just uh, was happy to see that the debate was on one of the regular channels that, that I get, and uh, it was it was, it was was good. Uh, I thought that uh, Scott kind of appealed to the, uh, to the uh, uh, evangelicals and then the Swami has qualified because he's got the money. He's a multimillionaire, and most of the politicians, in my opinion, are in that category. And uh, he did zing uh, uh, Nikki Haley pretty good, but she got back at him there. And she did uh, hold her own. She did hold her own. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And uh, I, I, I went for. Uh, I was going for Christie. I mean, he, I thought he was the most presidential i mean he uh he, they were they were talking and he said well my colleagues uh, don't like to answer questions you know they go off on different things so he changed his chris I, christie uh, definitely changed his approach he didn't he laid off the attacks on donald trump he laid off the attacks in general he he focused more on policy issues he focused more on specifics he was it was probably the best debate performance from him that i've seen him do yet yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess I went was for him because he when he was attacking forty five, after he was a supporter. But uh, uh, that's you know that's basically what it is. I I don't know if the next debate is. I hope it's on, you know, the four networks that I get. Yeah, this and was done so by NBC with a group of different moderators. They had Hugh Hewitt, a conservative talk show host from radio. Um, you know, they had, yeah, they had yeah. two others. And, and th- this NBC debate was structured better. It was better than both of the Fox debates for the, for the same group of characters. You know, instead of just 30 seconds, they gave him a minute and a half to respond. It was just, yeah, I, I think it was yeah. better moderated and better designed. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I, I agree. And I, and I liked it, uh, when they went afterwards and I lived, you know, in Iowa 25 years and my wife was a, a native and then they, you know, they went to New Hampshire and talked to New Hampshire people about it in Des Moines. They, they were there and it was interesting to see that the, uh, the uh, commentator or the uh, news guy was black, you know, and uh, I thought that was really good because 
it's cool because when I lived in these small towns, you know, racism was really rampant there. But uh, I was, you know, I, I think we maybe we turned a page uh, on that. We still got problems to. We're not the United States yet, but maybe we'll get back there. So, well, well hopefully we're in the right direction. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my two cents, Rob. Okay, I appreciate you. you checking in, Eugene. Okay, bye bye. Thank bye. you. Thank you. And, and yeah, I, you know, I watched the debate. It did go. It, it was the better structured debate, even though, uh, you know, it was NBC, but they did have a, a mix up. I like the fact that they brought you Hewitt in. And, you know, I, I listened to him in the morning. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it was a better structure. And and you know, they even interviewed Rona McDaniel's afterwards, which I'm not really a fan of right now. I think she needs to step aside and let someone who actually really wants to lead the GOP lead the GOP. But it was just a better structure of event. It was better, better moderated. It was better. They they didn't cut in as much as they actually should have. They let a lot of attacks go back and forth, especially when it came to uh, Vivek and uh, Nikki Nikki Haley. Um, you know, it could have done without that. They could have jumped in in a couple of spots, but they let it go, and there was enough time to respond. So it was one of the. It was the best technical debate that I've seen from the GOP yet. It's uh, 523 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Hello. Thank you, Rob. Lots of problems going on out there at the moment. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. We had a crash uh, on 81 southbound near Wilkesbury Bear Creek now. So before it was northbound, now it's southbound. Things are all backed up toward Pittston. But you can expect slowing, uh, frustrating traffic from Scranton all the way through the Wilkesbury area. Uh, due to that wreck. We also have a rollover on Route 11. We had two calls on that. Megan called in and uh, Ken called in to tell us about the rollover on Route 11 near the Kia dealership in Larksville. And things still seem to be moving very slowly on 80 eastbound just after the um, 81 junction. That is due to road construction. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, becoming cloudy and cold, low 42. Friday, mix of sun and clouds, breezy at times, high 53. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 48. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, high 47. It's currently 56 degrees outside at 424 here at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 520, almost 528 here in the station, 56 degrees outside. You know, I, I love these texts. And you know what? Call in because you text all the time, you know, especially every time I talk about electric vehicles, EVs. They, these people want to pretend that there's, there's no push from the government to, to send us in an EV direction. Because politicians aren't left and right saying, you know, it's their plan to end combustion engines by 2030. Um, you don't have governors saying, especially of New York and California, California's already done, you cannot buy a gas, you know, lawn equipment after this date. We will no longer sell gas equipment at this date. It all has to be battery operated. Um, you know, I, I have friends in New York who are buying gas snowblowers now because they think in another couple of years they won't be able to buy them. And they'll be grandfathered in. So it's interesting. This is the text message I get. Who's forcing people to get electric vehicles? Who? 
You conservatives are such drama queens. Uh, so you mean to tell me there is no push from the government, this administration, towards an EV infrastructure? There's no—that's not happening. We're all delusional. All these things are, are not— you, know, you had, a, you had um, the president sign an executive order saying they want to move to electric vehicles by 2030. They don't want to sell gas combustion energies by this time. Yeah, that's the direction they're going in. No, no one's physically forcing you to buy an EV. And by the looks of it, no one's buying them for the most part. Like I said, I, I think Chevy with their electric truck has sold three nationwide. Um, you know, I looked at the Jeep Wrangler because it's a hybrid. They want to bill it as the an electric vehicle. Or this, this Dodge Ram that I just uh, talked about, it's, it's a hybrid. And I'm fine with these processes. Like I said, if I lived in a city... If I lived in a suburb only 20 minutes, 30 minutes from a city, and I had the the wherewithal to put a, a fast charger in my house, had the, the place to do it. They are expensive, one of the rapid chargers. You can get the lower chargers for cheaper. It would be a great idea. Uh, you know, I have a friend who lives in Annapolis and works in D.C. He's got a Tesla. Loves it. Thankfully, he's got a shopping center right down the block from his house with a fast charger where he charges it, brings it home, and it's ready to go. He's also got a level one or level two charger in his in his garage. Texas, says, I'm 60 years old, and I will never in my life buy an electric vehicle. I will never buy just a simple electric vehicle, but I said this is based on where I'm living now, what I'm doing now. If I lived, you know, 20, 30 minutes from work and I was commuting every day, I would think about it. It's just doesn't suit my lifestyle now. I would go too far. You know, even here back and forth to the studio, I would run out of charge every two days. And there's not enough chargers here in Northeast Pennsylvania for that infrastructure unless I'm putting one in my house. Uh, thankfully, that new Jeep Wrangler with the battery involved, I can hook it right up to my 110 outlet. Yes, it takes 12 hours to charge that small battery, but that's fine because it's also got a gas engine. Those are the things I'm looking at. So, you know, I, it's funny because I, I recognize the numbers that come up. If you're that adamant about, you know, no one's char no one's forcing anyone to go, you know, Rob, California has banned gasoline engines. Um, California has banned gasoline-powered cars as of 2035. Is it an official ban or that's their goal? Um, I know they've banned gas-powered leaf blowers and all the other things. So, uh, so we'll see. But to say that there is no push from the government to force people or start pushing people towards EVs, again, no one's mandating that you must buy an EV. But when they start limiting the supply of gas-powered cars because they're putting so much pressure on car companies— what choice do you have? Is that being forced? You kind of. When they take away your options to only what they want you to have, that's kind of being forced. But if you're that, if you're that adamant about it, call up and talk about it. Don't send messages like, well, who's forcing people to buy cars? Who? You conservatives are so dramatic. No, I think a government's being dramatic by pushing us towards something that there's no infrastructure for. That aren't going to last. That aren't proven. Hybrid vehicles, it's a good transition, don't you think? It's like, you know, right in the middle there. Let's start going in the right direction. Again, just my two cents, but you're listening. I appreciate that.
It's uh, 533 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Again, got another text message from the EV supporter, I guess. Incentivizing and forcing are very vastly different. Just stop with the drama. Call in and support your, your take here. I mean, you literally have government entities saying on X date we will stop selling these vehicles. On X date, you cannot buy a gas combustion lawn equipment. On X date, you cannot buy a gas-powered lawnmower. On X date, we're hoping to have no more cars. Yeah, that, that's pushing an agenda. That's not incentivizing. And, yes, incentivizing is taking your and mine tax dollars to bribe people to buy these cars that really no one seems to want or not many people seem to want. But instead of just texting in, simply call in and give your stance so the rest of Northeast Pennsylvania can see how delusional you are. You know, I, I'd respect that more than your little you know shots here and there. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Mike from Bloomsburg on EVs and solar panels. Mike. Yeah, hey, well, a lot of things about uh, EVs. Uh, the government is soon going to be you know, they give you subsidies to buy these things, okay? And you have to file paperwork and you have to wait for the money. Well, they're going to cut out the paperwork, and when you go to buy one of them, that subsidy will be taken taking right off the price of the car in the showroom before you take it off. So they're really pushing these things. And what I've found throughout my life is anytime the government subsidizes something or encourages something, that something becomes more expensive than if it were developed in the free market. Absolutely okay, does. Absolutely, absolutely does. They, they does. did it with food stamps. When when they, they increased the amount of money people were uh, were eligible for for food stamps, the price of food went up. When they it goes with everything. When they when they when they supplemented college education, the price of college education went up. It's it's time and time again, Mike. Time and time again, and and people don't recognize that they either they do recognize it and they don't care or they they just don't understand that and the other thing about uh, evs now they're going to take a tremendous amount of copper and the way it stands right now there there's just not enough copper production to meet what our government wants to do with these vehicles you're absolutely right hybrids are an excellent transition but we're not having a transition we're having evs rammed down our throat well and, as and per this me, texter we're not we're not being forced uh no one's that, being forced to do it it's but no there's no direction there's no no moving in that direction faster than we have the ability to do it and that that's not forcing us absolutely and i mean you pointed out all the things that are happening in california to get rid of combustion engines and we all know that as California goes, so goes the nation eventually. And, and it's just a matter of time. The, the bluer the states get, the more they're going to adopt the left-wing policies. And to me, I, I think that if we are not cost-effective, whether it's buying cars, whether it's solar panels or anything like that, with our federal debt, that is becoming a national security issue, this debt and we're doing a lot of things wrong that are causing that to go up. And if I could, the last thing I want to say is the solar panels. I think that is full of corruption. It's a big boondoggle. It, they, our government subsidizes it, and these big companies that have the wherewithal and the lawyers to ram them down our throats are, are, are getting, getting them done. And they're not, to me, they're not cost-effective. And right now in my neighborhood, within a stone's throw of my house, there's going to be 
uh, solar panels put up. A California company is doing it, and there are allegations that they have bought the town council or the township a new fire truck. And I can tell you first. Well, it, it, utilities do do buy infrastructure. That's not not new to just solar. Uh, you know, gas company gas. I mean, look at the the gas plant, the natural gas plant they put off the Casey Highway. There's millions of dollars that go to the local township that go to the municipal to buy fire trucks to buy. That's nothing new when it comes to energy companies. Now with EVs, you brought up a good point because you look at Solyndra, the millions of dollars of taxpayers that went towards that to support that, and it goes bankrupt. You look at the windmills off of New Jersey right here that was all go, and they just they just Dropped, walked away from the plan because, you know, after getting millions of dollars in subsidies and going public and, and getting all this money, they just walked away because they, it's not financially salvageable for them to stay in the U.S. market here on the East Coast. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Now, I, I do want to take issue with the, the point that you brought up about uh, energy companies buying, buying uh, you know, friendship or whatever you want to call that. Well, like when the natural gas companies came through, they were doing that. But to my knowledge, that was coming out of their potential profits. It's not that they weren't being subsidized by the government, to my knowledge, to, to, to drill. No, gas no. It's energy companies do do invest in local communities where they're going to do business to make it easier to do business there. Uh, that, you know, that's common with any energy corporation. They do it. You know, oil does it. Natural gas did it when the fracking had happened. And I'm sure solar and wind's going to do it, too. Right. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do believe the government is doing everything they can to grease the skids for these companies to do solar. And that involves, you know, tax credits, money being changed. So I'm opposed to those companies paying off citizens to uh, accept it, paying off townships to accept it. And the, the point I wanted to make was right here in, in, in my neighborhood, I was supplying there were two two families at least that were hiring uh, lawyers to fight this. And I was supplying uh, technical environmental uh, data to them, okay? And then all of a sudden, they stopped taking my phone calls. They stopped taking my emails. And then again, the allegations came that they, the solar companies basically paid those people to walk away. And uh, so, I, you know, I know you say that they all do it, but in my mind, our government is subsidizing these, giving them tax credits. So you and I are basically subsidizing the new fire truck and the payoff, potential payoffs to, to uh, people that were fighting well, it. Well, the, so ta the taxpayer think... pays for everything, Mike. We all know that. Uh, you know, I appreciate your insight and then your opinion there. But thanks, you, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Take care. Thank Bye. you, Mike. It's uh, 545 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is. It's the same thing all afternoon with nothing but frustration out on the roadways. Frustration. Yes, it's a frustrating. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by Energy Technologies, HVAC. There's slowing pretty much from Scranton all the way to Wilkes-Barre Bear Creek. That, that partially due to an accident they are clearing up near the Wilkes-Barre Bear Creek exit that is heading southbound. Also out on Route 11, Larksville in front of the Wyoming Valley Motors Kia dealership and a rollover accident. Many emergency crews responding to that wreck. So that's going to hold you up a little bit as well. And they're still doing that construction out on 80 eastbound near the 81 junction. That'll hold you up a bit. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line. 570-883-7269 Nikki Stone WILK Traffic
Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight becoming cloudy and cold, low 42. Friday, mix of sun and clouds, breezy at times, high 53. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 48. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, high 47. It's currently 55 degrees outside at 546. Got some colas on the hold. Rick, Joe, and Jason, I'm going to get to you as soon as we get back from the break. It's the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's time for the NEPA Premium Perks. Enjoy this half-off deal for the breakout escape room. Get a four-pack of tickets for just $48, half price. If you enjoy problem-solving, puzzles, games, and being your own detective, you'll love it. Many try, few succeed. The new Freak Show room is now open. Book your room now. Breakout escape room in Wilkesbury. Visit GetMyParks.com for all the details. You with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 551, 55 degrees outside. Uh, just to button some things up here before I go to the phone calls, uh, Senator Joe Manchin, who used to be a Democrat, now an independent of West Virginia, said he's not seeking re-election in 2024. And Jill Stein has announced that she is running for president in 2024 under the Green Party line. That could mean trouble for Joe Biden. Even more trouble than he has now. So those are the two. I know I mentioned Joe Manchin earlier in the show, but you know some people are texting in that that's the news that they just started listening. So I figured I'd mention again for you people, listeners who haven't been listening since uh, you know three o'clock. And I understand life gets in the way. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Rick from Pittston on electric vehicles. Rick. Hey Rob, how you doing? Good. I, I don't mind people having electric vehicles, hybrids, if that's what you want, you can get whatever you want to buy. But the issue that, that is out there right now is there's not too many people that service these vehicles. When you run into problems with these vehicles, you can't take it to your local mechanic and say, here, fix this for me. It's got to be seen by somebody who's authorized to deal with them. And most of the time you wait months, you wait two months, three months. I've seen people wait seven, eight months for their vehicles to be fixed because they're waiting on parts, service, you know. That's the biggest issue with these. Absolutely. That, you know, I, have, I, I'm, I am in agreement. I have no issue with someone owning an electric vehicle. If that's what you want to own, have, by all means, own it. Make it an option. Don't try and steer the market to only that, which is what the government's trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, what's going to happen when everybody does have them and a small minor issue happens, you know, you go out in the morning to start your vehicle and it starts off a battery because the motor don't kick in until you hit a certain, uh, you know, miles per hour. And now your vehicle don't start because there's something wrong with your battery. And now you're waiting months to get, you know, somebody to look at it to fix it. A great, a great point, Rick. Going to be plugged up with this. Yeah, absolutely, a, a great choke point. I, something I didn't even think about, but I, I appreciate you bringing it up. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. Thank you. You too, Rick. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Jason from West Piston on electric vehicles. Jason. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Love All the right. show. Thank, Thank you for you. your service being a cop. Thank you. Um, thing about EVs. Hey, it's great. People want to have them. But here's the problem. Gas vehicles do not emit the emissions they think they do. The electric vehicle, when it's done, what do they do with it? Well, that's we talk about the air all the time. The disposal right. of it this, sits. the the carbon footprint of the the development, the engineering, and the disposal that's not added into the total carbon footprint of that vehicle, and it outpaces right. your your combustion gas engine vehicles. And it's not cheaper to run. By the way, you know I drive 60 miles a day. So if I owned an electric car, it would cost me probably about 120 dollars a week, where it only cost me 90 dollars a week in gas. So where are we saving here? 
you know, tires on an electric car, find out how much those are. They're very, very expensive. Not like you're getting a normal tire. You're getting, you know, for electric car, like a, you know, a hybrid vehicle is a lot different. It's maintenance on it is thousands and thousands of dollars where we're only paying for brakes. We're paying a couple hundred bucks. The whole job is 400 bucks for all four, all four wheels on a hybrid. You're looking at $800 for a brake job. Yeah, I, so I know some insurers. I, 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 I thought they used the same tires, but, uh, you know, I, I don't have an EV. So they I, don't. I, uh, no? the, their tires are a little different. They're not, they're not cheap. The right. tire rim is different. Everything's different. Uh, I'm sure people. the tire rim is different. I thought that the rubber itself, you could get any, any tire you, you, you wanted that fit that vehicle. Uh, so that, that's news not to on me. A, uh, not on uh, Elon Musk's cars. Okay. Those are... Uh, those yeah. are very expensive tires. I, I know I a friend who owns a Tesla who was in a minor fender bender, and it was thousands, the repair job on it, thousands, and it, it did take right. a long time. But it's the battery's way too big. Until they come out with a battery that's the size of the car battery we're driving in, there's no reason to make something that big. It's, well, look at the, it, the Hummers. An electric Hummer, if you hit somebody with it, it's going to cut a car in half. And if a car catches on fire... What fire department around here has those kind of? Uh, yeah, we we have talked about guns. that. We have talked about that as well. Thank you, Jason. I got one more call. I got to right. get to. I appreciate you checking in. Hey, thanks. You have a great day. Thank you. Uh, got to get to Joe from Trips Park. Joe, I have about a minute. So. Okay, just real quick, Rob. Um, we are being forced to buy EVs, being forced by hand and with threats. Uh, you know, not that way. We're being priced into buying them. Uh, Chrysler spent over four hundred million quarter. Uh, buying carbon credits that gets passed down to us the consumer uh they're just we're just being priced out of it it's like trying to force them out of their neighborhood by raising their property taxes so yes we are being forced um car as well as they're passing on to these manufacturers yeah for for texas to say that no one's forcing us to go in this direction is just ridiculous i mean yes they're not mandating you need to get this car by x date but they are saying they're not going to make the yes, conduct combustion cars by this date they are forcing it in us in that direction, which is once you take away the options, yes, I'm sorry, you're forcing. Absolutely. And the uh, automotive market thrives because of manufacturers giving us the cars we wanted, like the minivan, like the Ford Mustang by Lee, Lee Iacocca. Um, it wasn't meant to be this way, and it's going to fail, and it's actually already failing. It is. It is. Like I said, Chevy, their electric truck, I, they've sold three nationwide. Joe, I appreciate you checking in. Always a pleasure, Rob. Thank, Thank you. you, my friend. It's uh, 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. I did get some text messages in saying that electric vehicles do, in fact, have different tires. They have to handle the extra weight on them so and a higher torque. So something new. You learn something new every day. I did not know that. It's uh, good information out there and just another reason. I'm, I'm sure they're more expensive as well. Something else you need to take into account when they say, oh, you're going to save money, you're going to save this, you're going to save that. Well, no, you're really not. And again, anything the government needs to pay you to do is probably not in your best interest as far as what you should be doing. Just my two cents. I'm not saying, you know, don't take advantage of these things if they work for you, but make sure they work for you. It's uh, almost 6 o'clock here on WILK News Radio. Thursday night, it's my pizza night. I hope you're going to have a good night. I will see you tomorrow, Friday, end of the week. It's uh, God bless, be safe, and we'll do it again tomorrow.